This is The Devil Rides Out, isn't it? And not just because Patrick Mower's in it, as someone who's under the spell of a sort of occult-type group and has to be captured and looked after by someone. I mean, there are some differences in this, but it's very similar. This is from 1970. I thought when I watched this, it had the Hammer title at the beginning of it, but it doesn't seem to be Hammer, actually. You'd be forgiven for thinking it was. It's based on a novel by Simon Raven. Doctors wear scarlet. And it's basically about someone who is a friend to many, who goes to Greece, falls under the, I suppose, succubus or siren type charms of uh, Imogen Hassel, um, who's, I can't remember who she's playing. Let me just see. This is a character called Chrysius. Now, she keeps him in bed for quite some time, but there's more to that than meets the eye. What you've also got here, and you might know this film as Incense for the Damned as well. You've also got Patrick McNee here as one of the mates. He seems to have quite a lot of um, quite a lot of people who are of different ages. He's got quite a large social group. But the main two are really looking after him, or out for him, are, are a character called Tony Seymour, played by Alexander Davian, and uh, Bob Kirby, played by Johnny Secker. And, and this is quite interesting, actually, and quite important, because he is a black actor who has been given a main role and actually does the most effective work here, seems to have the most moral basis, and is sort of... Because um, half of it takes place in Greece and half of it in Oxford because that's where um, Patrick Mower's character, um, Richard Fountain, is going to become one of the doctors who wear scarlet. So there's also a little bit on the side, which is quite nice, but it's not explored enough, actually, as uh, Bob Kirby not really becoming, being part of the university, but what, is, he actually, um, is he actually part of that? Are they actually... Um, have they actually made him part of the university? Yeah? There's all of that. Is he standing outside because he's black? So it's a really good performance, actually, from Johnny Secker. It's really open and really kind of honest. I like that. Because there are not a lot of really bright spots in this movie. And his performance is one of them. As well as that, you've got Peter Cushing as Dr. Walter Goodrich. Now... He's the kind of big name here, and um, well, Patrick McNee is well known as Major Derek Longbow, and um, Peter Cushing's in a scene at the beginning, a scene towards the end, and a couple of scenes at the end. So he's not in it for much of it, to be honest. But he gives his usual pristine performance, wonderful at giving us plot, wonderful at making things work. He's effortless. It's immaculate, his stuff. Also, you've got David Lodge here as Colonel Stavros, who's one of the Greek colonels. He's wearing his uh, military outfit and dark glasses most of the time. He's giving us a kind of accent. Now, I'm not quite sure where it is, but the phrase tour of the islands does come to mind. It's sometimes French, sometimes a bit Germanic, sometimes a bit sort of Italian. But it's Scandinavian in there, to be honest. Gives you a lot of value for your money. I'm not quite sure 
where we are. You've got John Barron's in there in one scene as a diplomat, mainly in long shot, not really given anything. It's quite a lot here, actually. And then your guest star is Edward Woodward, Iwa Wuwa himself, as Dr. Eric Holstrom, who's an expert in vampirism. More of that in a minute, because that's the basis of this story. They go in search of this, uh, of their friend, Richard. He's under the thrall of Chrysaeus. Chrysaeus? Chrysaeus? Chrysaeus. Anyway, he's under her thrall sexually. However, the issue with Richard, it seems to me, is that he has an impotence problem. And that links with what Edward Woodward is talking about. They, they don't have to mess around with the tradition. He starts by saying, well, you know, it's not all stakes and capes and that kind of thing. I'm paraphrasing that sort of thing. So they set up the, well, there, there are several different kinds of traditions, but, you know, just to say, we're going to mess with this. So let's just say it's not all that. What he's talking about is that some people who have issues of impotence often find that being um, punctured by a vampire has an, has an orgiastic effect. And that is why people like it. Certainly that happens to Patrick. He is punctured by Imogen. Punctured by Imogen. It sounds like some kind of, um, some kind of perfume. Punctured by Imogen. Anyway, so he is involved in that way, pretty much like the devil rides out. Or the devil rides about a bit if you really want to keep going with that. So they have to capture him and bring him over to this country. During that, you've got you've got Imogen trying to find him. He's been put away in a um, some kind of castle. You've got her trying to um, get into that room and succeeding and puncturing him. And her friends in the court group having a fight with people like Johnny and uh, Major Derek Longbow, who then spends absolutely ages holding on to a rock. It's got to have been about five minutes. Keep cutting back to him, and then Johnny goes to see him. Actually, it's um, it's Tony Seymour who goes to, to see him, to try and pick him. And you think, because we've seen him so off so long, they're going to pull him up, aren't they? He's, he's held on for that long. Now he's got a mate. No! As soon as Tony arrives, he falls off and falls to his death. It's a bit anticlimactic, a bit weird. Anyway, they bring him back to Oxford and he is, um, he starts a relationship with uh, Madeline Hind, who's Penelope Goodrich, who's uh, Walter's daughter, Peter Cushing's character, Walter's daughter, but he's not interested in that. One, because I think he thinks I'm not quite sure what's going to happen here. And secondly, because, well, he's got the siren qualities of Chrysius with him. And he wants to be with her. He's having trouble. At one point, he crushes a, a glass of scotch in his hand. That's how worked up he is. Blimey. He is about to make a big speech, which is, we'll see him move to the scarlet robed ones. And in this speech, he attacks them all. Actually, it's about 
and they want to keep you down and you can and you can um, you can make your own decisions and and he, he then physically attacks Peter Cushing who is next to him because he's wearing scarlet robes it's absolutely not done and it's outrageous that this should happen how dare he that's exactly what we didn't want it ends with Bob Kirby Johnny Secker chasing Patrick Mower which is Fountain on the um, on a rooftop actually it's a good scene done in darkness you can't see an enormous amount but it's really quite um quite dramatic of course he makes a decision in the end richard to not to throw himself off but just to sort of slide he allows himself to slide down the roof and fall off that way he kind of hedges his bets well i'll see i'm not going to throw myself off because that would mean certain death i'll just slide down the roof and see if that means i fall off the edge oh i have it's you know a bit, but it's dramatic. The ending, the film itself, isn't. There's quite a lot of counterculture stuff here. So you've got a big scene where it looks like Francois Pascal to me is um, is having a she's she puts a um, a pill, some kind of drug, in uh, in a flower in a you know in a, in a little rose it looks like. Or some kind of blooming flower, and takes it from there because it's exciting. And then she becomes a bit, a bit sexed up. And then she's walking around, seeing other people getting involved, and there's a bit of an orgy going on. Why? Because it's part of the counterculture. All that drug taking and hedonistic activity. It first of all was given an X certificate. This, yeah. Some cuts were made to get it to that X certificate. Blimey, I wonder what they did. It looks tame now, of course, but you know. In production, it did have a kind of um, stop-start, quite literally. They ran out of money. Started in 69 in Greece and Cyprus, filming there, ran out of money and had to search for, for more money. Yeah, they, they, they wrote new... Um, they apparently wrote new scenes, hired new actors when the new money came in, so that the the old stuff was pushed together with the new stuff, and then there's a voiceover from from Alex Davian as Tony Seymour. It's a kind of gumshoe type thing. I had to go and find out what was happening, that kind of thing. So what it does is, it gives you, there's vampires here, and counterculture, where people are having it off all the time, and drugs are taken. You know, someone's got a joint at one point. She goes from taking a pill to smoking a joint. Is that? Is that? I'm not. I think you're coming down rather than going up. In anyway. So there's that. There's drug taking. There's vampires. There's chasers. There's the old system versus the new system. At one point, Patrick Moore is for a whole scene in some kind of trance, and my thoughts are. How would you know? I'm not saying Patrick Moe is terrible, but he's a certain kind of thing. You know, he's a cheeky chappy. He's a cheeky Charlie. I didn't think he was all that great in The Devil Rides About of it. And I don't think he's all that great here. He's kind of, um, spends quite a lot of the time quite weak, of course. He's got a bit of grey makeup on and that sort of thing. And things seem to happen to him. He's weak-willed. 
But people seem to want to go all the way to Greece to try and find him and, and risk their lives to help him. I don't know why. He doesn't seem like he's charismatic or anything. It was released with other movies and um, it's had a um, it's had a DVD release and it's part of a three DVD set. Volume, uh, Superstars of Horror, Volume 1, Peter Cushing. Yeah, he is in there, just not for long. People think that the kind of counterculture thing is quite salacious because of the issue around um, Charles Manson and the family and all of that. The, um, the orgy scene, really an orgy scene, it's just lots of people writhing about. Um, and it's kind of psychedelic because you've got different different oil-based colours in there, all the dripping colours and all that. That's seven minutes, so it's, it's got kind of to stuck in, really. It's directed by Robert Hartford Davis with absolutely no frills or furbelows at all. It's well, it's well, um, the colours are good, it's well pictured. If it, it just doesn't really go anywhere. Well, it does. It goes back to The Devil Rides About a bit. And Raven's novel, which talks about vampirism as a sort of psychosexual thing, um, does sort of... I mean, it, it, it does mess with the tradition that we're used to. So, yeah, I understand that's what tradition is. In the image of the takes a big bite out of Patrick Moore and has a big bloody mouth, and that's good, is then thrown off a, a set of stone, stone steps and, and passes away. She dies. So... She's supposed to be a vampire. Are vampires supposed to live forever? Unless they're state to have the... Oh, that's just tradition, isn't it? Ah, yes. You do get, though, a fight scene with some 1970s US spy incidental music to it. And you also get to see Patrick McNee riding a donkey. In fact, getting on a donkey. And that might be worth the price of admission alone. Ta-ta.